0: Like you got agricultural taking thousands of years, industrial revolution taking hundreds of years, the data centers or the information you know revolution taking decades, mm-hmm. and the theory is that like the AI revolution will happen in less than a decade. Yeah. So it will be years, not decades, not mm-hmm. hundreds of years. It's gonna be like years. Yeah. And so, and I, I think it's still on track for that. Um, like I feel like the kickoff for like the main AI. Revolution was like the release of Chat GPT, and that's when the light bulb yeah, moment happened for like, everyone.
1: Oh.
0: Is it okay? Okay. <laughs>
1: Bam! 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 Welcome, everybody, to the Paramify podcast. <laughs> Dude, yes. We're your hosts, Kenny and, and Keaton.
0: Keaton. K-K. K-K. KK. 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 Don't ever have K-K another sugar. <laughs> <Paramify. laughs> wait! Wait! Wait!
1: <laughs> Free advertising for my poison of choice.
0: Go Mountain Dew.
1: Mountain Dew Zero. Sugar Spark. I like it. I've never had. You well. I can go get you one. No, no,
0: it? no, yeah. no. I actually, this is a random fact about me. I don't drink soda. Really? Good. Yeah. That's good. It's That's like I is. had a sip of Coke when I was like really, really young, and I hated the carbonation. Mm. And so oh, I wow. never drank carbonated drinks basically for the rest of my life. That's all so good. But for I'm you drinking though. every other type of poison, you know. So okay. just not carbonated.
1: <laughs> okay. So what drinks do you like?
0: Uh. Mainly mainly like water, okay, and like shakes. I feel like those are, yeah. Okay, not together though. Never, never together. Yeah, never mix the water and the shake. What What kind of shakes?
1: What was (laughs) the last shake that you had? I had a pretty good one the other day. Yeah. Yes, but I want to hear. Okay. The. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: but I want to hear. Dude, there was a place that I felt like had the best shake like ever, like, um, and it was. A burger place that I think is originally from like the D.C. area, <gasps> and is it in the D.C. airport? Is it? So it's, it was called. They had a, they the Reagan.
1: Opened, the Reagan. The
0: Reagan. They they opened up a location in downtown Chicago. And that's, okay, that's where I saw it. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it was called Good Stuff Eater. <gasps> yes, is this the Shakey's? Oh my I know what you're talking about. It's like unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah. Unbelievable. Okay, describe this for me.
1: It's just fantastic.
0: That I mean, like that excitement is like the joy you get as soon as you take really? One sip yeah. it. Really? Yeah. It's like unbel it's like it's un- like the there's something about the cream, even the whipped cream they put on it. It's like homemade yes. and it's just like like it's it's the richest shake you probably could ever have, but yeah. it is like mind-blowingly good. Yeah, is it like a vanilla shake or like? No, what? you can't. There's Any so many flavor, good uh, flavors. like cookies there's, and cream. There's like, lemon. Like there's shake there's and, lemon yeah.
1: pie. There's like yeah. straw like classic strawberry. You know what yeah. I'm gonna pick? Strawberry. Yeah, right. So yesterday <laughs> they're like they're like hey we're gonna get you some ice cream and yeah. I'm like get strawberry.
0: Yeah. And and
1: Josh, I was talking to him later. He's like hey did you get your strawberry ice cream? And they said no. They got me not strawberry
0: <laughs> so the whole rest of the team all heard don't get strawberry yeah so we're like, get okay you. let's just get them, like vanilla or something we like we're actively avoiding strawberry on the menu like, mm. <laughs> well the way i
1: give instructions is frustrating yeah but anyway oh my gosh yes there is one at the Re- at reagan national yeah and yeah mm. i remember having like i mean when you go to dc You know, a lot of times you're going to talk to people about FedRAMP. And so it's always very emotionally draining.
0: Yeah. It's very Mm.
1: depressing. It's a dark place. And so it's a dark place. And so what do you do? If you're in Reagan, you go to Reagan National. Go to, what's it called? Good Stuff or something? Yeah, Good Stuff.
0: And the reason it's named Good Stuff is his grandpa used to make a really good burger.
1: Okay. And Mm. every
0: first bite of that burger he would make, you would be like, oh, that's good stuff. And so he named the stuff, Good Stuff Theater.
1: <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. Damn,
0: well, that I'm so glad bad. we
1: connected on that. Yeah, I would
0: have thought? You hey, were...
1: everybody. That, so, yeah. So, I'm Kenny. We didn't even introduce you. Neil hey, Schmidt, Dwight? AI guru, <laughs> entrepreneur extraordinaire. You've done a couple things. You've done a you've done a number of things in your life. And we're just so excited to have you. You're also our friend. Right? Yeah. So... Mm-hmm us entrepreneurs, we're just all...
0: I feel like you and I, like, I felt an immediate connection with Kenny. He's a warm guy in general. But I feel like, I feel like, for some reason, the music stuff really resonated with me. Because I feel like you were in the punk rock Mm. scene in California. Yep. And that was, like, my dream. Like, when, you know, like, in... The year two thousand, it was like, we dude, no I wish I lived in California and was like doing all the punk shows out there. Like... Let's go to the punk rock show. <laughs> that was my first concert. MXPX was my first concert oh ever. Oh my wow. gosh,
1: dude! I they put on a good show. Yeah, it I was of, fantastic. Like, really listen to many of their albums. I, okay, some of their songs are really catchy. Swing set girl. Yeah, great. It's just super basic. Uh, what's your favorite MXPX song? <laughs> Uh, I remember the times I had, somewhere happy, somewhere sad. Go out on Friday night. I still what, I,
0: yeah, you know you the words.
1: To, yeah, yeah, because we used to like cover it. It's a really
0: easy, Any, line, anytime like, I pick up. Like, for some reason, anytime I pick up a guitar, not even just like a bass guitar, just like a six string guitar, the first thing I play is the uh, the bass line to "Chick Magnet." Do 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 do.
1: Keep going. Well, she's a chick magnet. If you know what I mean? Yeah. That one?
0: Yeah. And yeah. the music videos were always so funny back then because, like, didn't it just show, like, the dorkiest guy, you know? And so, like, they're singing this song about a chick magnet. It's, like, this guy that wouldn't land a chick ever, but all the chicks in the video are just, like, falling all over
1: him. Yep. Yep. Chick magnet. Good, guys. Um, There was a song called uh, – I think it's called Let It Happen that was uh, – Let Wait. No, 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 no. That was one of their albums, right? Let It Not Let It Happen. Ah. Uh,
0: They were so good in concert that, like, actually my favorite album of theirs was, like... The live album. Yeah, the live album. Yeah, Yeah, because, like, it was almost like the songs were just a different... Like, they had their studio songs, but then, like, the live songs that you'd see in concert were just so mind-blowingly good that when they created an album of that, it was like, dude, that's what I listened to.
1: Yeah, well, they Mm. they just had it, right? I I don't think that, you know, I mean, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but they're just (laughs) not, like, I mean... They're not super, they're super basic, right? Yeah. Um, mm. Decent songwriters, I guess, but yeah. I couldn't really listen to them all. Like, I just remember songs. It's like a blessing and a curse. I remember almost everything that I hear. Like they like, like yeah. a super memory. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I just remember it's a plague and I'll sing it. So I've got, there was a Weezer song where I felt very seen. Yeah. It's called, I've got records in my head spinning out of control. <laughs> and it just came out, right? And I felt just like, yeah. That's what I'm plagued with. So I'm always singing. I'm always singing and bugging. True, it's easy to get the squad, man. Yeah, yeah, dude. Oh my gosh, I'm getting hot, man. Can I take this off? Is that gonna mess it up? I got a mic. I think you. you Just stay still. If I stay still.
0: Stay very still. (laughs) Okay. It'll be good.
1: (laughs) Okay, man. Yeah, man. I have Uh, a question
0: for both of you guys. Yeah. What's the best concert you've been to?
1: Oh my gosh, I've been to some crazy ones. Yeah. What's your best? so you said mxpx you already
0: so i misspoke for a second so mxpx was my second concert my first concert was like it was like a festival in chicago one of the radio stations put it on Mm -hmm. but it was like in the late 90s and like it like had like every single band that i like cared about in fact you were just drumming the offspring the offspring were there and during the offspring set there were two stages and there was a main stage, a secondary stage. Yeah. And, uh, and Offspring was playing second to last on the main stage. Mm-hmm. And Red Hot Chili Peppers were coming on after. Mm-hmm. And during the last song for Offspring, they played Self Esteem. But right before he started it, he said, you know what? This is the end of the day. The festival has been going on all day. He said, you know what? He's like, this place has gotten trashed over the day. I want you to do me a favor and throw up every single piece of trash." You find in this place onto the stage. And then he goes, la, 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 la. And then everything starts getting thrown up onto this stage. Like I'm getting hit with stuff. And And then (laughs) as soon as I get hit with stuff, I just throw it further in the direction of the stage. And so some of these items are taking like multiple throws to get up there. But by the end of this, what, three-minute song, like there is a four-foot pile of trash across the whole <laughs> stage the the lead singer <laughs> crawls off the stage and the offspring got banned from this particular venue worth it and it took them like way long to clean this up red hot chili peppers were kind of mad because they're like dude you just threw up all this garbage onto the stage and we're about to play on it yeah. and um but i thought it was one of the coolest things i'd ever experienced as like a young teenager you know so it was right. like it was awesome what about that you It was awesome
1: oh my gosh man well i'm a different person than i was <laughs> 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 when i was a young kid but um i remember so we did there all this you know irvine meadows there was a show i think uh so the local radio station was uh kroq k-rock k-rock was, they called it the world famous k-rock i don't know if it was world famous but that's what in my mind they led you was, to believe it was but i i didn't really listen to it a lot but uh there was a show where blink was playing and uh, yeah and uh three uh, who else um uh, uh homegrown do you remember homegrown yeah i remember them yeah homegrown was playing it was uh blink and then uh one other band um, i can't remember who it was but in the very beginning they said the first person up here doing some nuts you know in their underwear <laughs> like you get backstage back right? oh, no so i was like dude done and i just went up and i had these black undies on and i just went in and i did the worm and everybody went no crazy. way and um yeah and i got backstage and i was Isn't like this... back there with like mark hoppus from blink yeah they were like just i mean so we're i'm like back there And uh, there's all these like, you know, everybody's, there are lots of girls liked Mark Hoppus. And I'm like, and there's one in particular that was talking and I I didn't notice that Mark was standing next to me. Mark Hoppus. I didn't notice. Yeah. And she goes, I was like, who are you talking to? I'm like, I'm like, hey, who are you talking to? She's like, Mark Hoppus. She's like, some fan you are. I'm like, oh, Mark. I know Mark. And she's like, I'm like, do you want to make out? she's She's like. I'll the game. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, that <laughs> "Oh man. it was so funny. And, um, but that, that was, that was a, that was a pretty fun one. And um, what
0: what was the... Blink-182 was at the concert I was referring to too. Oh, they yeah, played I... earlier in the day and that was like totally their style because they did like the Enema of the State, What's My Age Again, naked video. And so I feel like there was like a lot of guys that were like, doing like the stage streaking like during their shows and stuff like yeah, that yeah 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 yeah
1: i didn't I, yeah no nah, i was like come
0: we, on man yeah my, uh, my one of my best friends <laughs> ended up going pro in baseball and like he played for the padres and and so like we were really into blink when too when we were kids yeah yeah, yeah. and and then he San was Diego. yeah and then he was playing for the padres and one day like uh, Tom, like from Blink-182 like walked backstage, or not backstage, but like towards the locker room to meet the players or, or just like show his kid the players. And like he was the only person on the baseball team that was like freaking out. He was like, are you kidding me? He's like, like this was like the moment of his life to like meet Tom, Tom. you know, from Blink-182. But it was like a total, total role reversal. Cause like, you know, like he was, Tom was going back there to be like, oh, look at all the cool, you know, look, let's meet these players. Wasn't expecting any, like, super fan to be, like, back there, and it was cool. What are Dude, you cracking up awesome.
1: about? Dude, I'm just thinking of Tom DeLonge, like, in and uh, w- have you seen that one YouTube where they're playing Say It Ain't So, you know, where they're playing Say It Ain't So, and he's like, all these people are acting like absolute morons in the stadium, and Tom's like, what the heck? <laughs> he's like, what, have I, what kind of monster have I created? <laughs> have you seen that?
0: No. I don't
1: know. i we'll have to find it. i, I got to check it. it out. No.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I... So I was in a band, right? I played, Mm -hmm. we played shows all the time. And uh, uh, I remember going to the Glass House a lot, right, in Pomona, uh, just with my friends and everything. We saw all sorts of awesome bands there. Um, I remember, like, one band that I thought was not as good as, like, my favorite band, one of my favorites was Saves the Day. I loved Saves the Day. Like, that in 2000, that album, Through Being Cool, I loved that album. And when we... uh, I mean we went to go see them and they played with Newfound Glory. And Newfound Glory was awesome life. They were like, yeah. And then yeah. and then Saves the Day came up later. I just burped into the mic. Just, <laughs> sorry, I just burped into the mic. Something story. the story's not hitting. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, but one time we saw Goldfinger there. Yeah. And I got mm. on stage with them too. And then there was this like documentary by like the Fox 11 News, and you made it into the documentary. Punk rock, you know, and it's like, you know, it's really funny. Like in the nineties, like bro, there's Kenny, and he's like into the mic, (laughs) and I'm like, ah. So, anyways, that my goal in life was to be, you know, I wanna, I'm gonna, how can I keep doing this? How can I go surfing? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I like history. I like reading. So I'll be a history yeah. teacher. I'll go surfing a lot, and then we'll just have a band and we'll just jam. Yeah, that's all I wanted to do. And then I changed my life quite a bit. But like, and then I decided I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be an auditor. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I wanted. Just a do. dramatic change. i to <laughs> just be an IT <laughs> auditor. Every day, there's something that just draws me to that. <laughs> it's such a bad fit. I was such a bad fit for my role. <laughs> So
0: bad. Like, what would have happened if the teenage Kenny met the auditor Kenny?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Probably. I mean, it's just totally different. Yeah, yeah. Totally. People change, man. People change. But you know what? I still I still love music quite a bit. Yeah. I like having a good mm. time. So I don't know. I think I think audit's pretty cool, man. I, I just like <laughs> wait 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 wait. I can understand. I, I I can I can help you understand, right? Yeah. Let me explain. That's what I would tell him. Right, okay. This little wire is going all... <laughs> Let me explain, Kenny. <laughs> that, that is a... We should write it. Yeah, maybe we'll do a little... We that can Martin. do a little creative thing on that.
0: Absolutely. Man, this sounds like a book. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> I still feel like... So, you know, they did a review last week and the guy from Album VC, mm. like, was the... Sid. Yeah, He's Sid. awesome. And he was, like, heavily influenced by, like, the grunge music scene. And, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's like permeated into like his profession, which is VC. Like now, like he calls every one of his funds like an album, you know, because it's full of like ah. 20 tracks or 20 investments and, ah. and, and everything like kind of has like this overarching like music theme because it's like yeah. runs deep. And so I feel like even though you're not on stage with Goldfinger anymore, like I feel like there's probably parts of that music scene that are still kind of interwoven Absolutely into yeah. what you do now
1: we've kind of got like a little bit of a lo-fi vibe going through us right but uh, you know yeah. yeah we love lo-fi um i don't know man uh music's still a big part of my life i still play mm. i i went through a, i had a surgery a while ago so i can't shred quite the same like yeah. i did but i i stayed with it i still love music i still i don't know i'm a little more eclectic but every now i just like stuff that rocks too yeah mm-hmm. you because so neil we were talking about you know so neil is kind of not i mean i don't know too many neils but i do know one neil yeah and his name is neil armstrong when he told me his name <laughs> is neil armstrong i laughed at him i'm like no seriously what's your name he's like no it's Neil Armstrong. yeah i'm like oh but he's related to him and so that neil what's
0: the relationship like it's a grandfather yeah, yeah. or something
1: no, no, no yeah i forget neil neil mm-hmm. if you're listening what's up man what's, <laughs> what's up man so Neil's awesome. We went to, me and Matt Carroll and Neil went to see Face to Face in Lag Wagon. Oh, wow. Mm. In Salt Lake. And it was such a blast. I hadn't been to a show in like 20 years, right? Because I just, I don't really care. But Face to Face in Lagwagon, Yeah. Let's go, man. That was awesome. Everybody was moshing all these old 40-year-olds with me, like, <laughs> moshing. I was doing crowd surfing. I mean, it was
0: fun, man. <laughs> right back to the old kid. Yeah.
1: That's fun, man. Yeah. That's so fun, the man. Best. Are you kidding? I don't know. But, so, dude, Neil, man, you've, so you into music, right? We had that connection. You're also into film yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, still really into film. I, like I was telling, I was telling you, like, yeah. um, like, Back in 2013, 2012, um, Airbnb was, like, still really new. Mm -hmm. And so we had this idea of, like, hey, like, a lot of people are getting more comfortable staying at other people's houses in the United States. But the idea of, like, going to a place like Mexico and staying at an Airbnb, a stranger's house, is still a little bit foreigner, scary. And so we're, like, Mm -hmm. we should create, like, a video of, like, us just going down, like, the Baja Strip from, like, San Diego all the way down to Cabo. And then back, and do it like on motorcycles. Make it like a fun little web series, and and so we were like, like, yeah, we could probably get them to pay for this because like they, like they need to dispel like you know like how scary it could be to go internationally with Airbnb, and
1: mm-hmm. that, now
0: like mm-hmm. all that's like gone. Like people go to all over the world and they yeah, book they an Airbnb, they don't even care right. about it. Like, but like ten, eleven years ago, there was still a little bit of like, you know, like, I don't know, if trepidation. I do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so. We're like, okay, well, how do we get them to pay for it? And, and you know, the first inclination was like, oh, well, maybe they have like a partnerships director, or like, or you know, like, or whatever. We're just trying to like work our way up the chain. And then I was thinking to myself, I was like, dude, why don't we just email the CEO, mm-hmm. like Brian Chesky, like the founder of Airbnb? Okay. And and I was like, he probably gets hit up a lot, so like we'll try to craft an email that like looks very unique and like 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 to the point where like oh no (laughs) (laughs) so like like I don't remember exactly what my email said but it like like it mentioned like the DeLorean like the vehicle the DeLorean it mentioned like all these like weird ideas and and he replied back like that night and he was like he's like I don't know if this whole email is a metaphor but I'm kind of interested. So listen. <laughs> and so he, they didn't give us much money. I mean, they gave us like 12 grand to like to do, to do the trip. And we said, hey, can we also bring on some other sponsors? You know, because we're like, we might need more than 12 grand. And, um, and so they're like, yeah, you can do other sponsors too. So like when we had Airbnb's name, it was kind of like, we found like a Mexican insurance company that were like, hey, we're doing a project with <laughs> Airbnb. the Mexican insurance company's like, all right, we'll pay for all your bike insurance for the trip. You know, and like wow. and then so everything we needed, like we were able to just kind of like round up. Whoa. And we oh, went down. Wild. We went down and um and we kinda had there was a guy <laughs> <That's> so cool. <laughs> yeah. I... there, there was a guy that like, you know, came on the trip that was like on the bachelor the bachelorette that season nice um so Brooke, was he attractive or yeah he's really oh. really good looking guys okay. brooks <laughs> brooks forrester yeah and um and then we had another uh we had a, kind of like a plethora of guys that like joined and and one of the guys that came was eric hill who he ended up passing away on um yeah that you know do you know her? no no go 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 so he like he was he so he he comes on this trip. Meets Brooks Forrester and he's like, dude, I'll go on The Bachelorette. So he goes on The Bachelorette like the next season and and he gets like the first one-on-one date with the girl and and he ends up like telling her that like – the one-on-one date goes like good. I don't know if you watch – do you watch this show? Not really. Don't not. admit it if you do. <laughs> no, I <know. laughs> Yeah. Um,
1: I – Totally don't know who Eric Hill is. Confession,
0: sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he he was like he was like famous and like I feel like like the scene of like door to door sales guys like he crushed it like with some of like the early like Apex Vivint stuff. Okay. okay. And and then when he went on the Bachelorette, then like a lot of people recognized him because that was like a big TV show ten years ago. And uh-huh. and um, but anyways, he he ended up. Like, getting kicked off the Bachelorette, like, because he, like, had an argument with her, th- feeling like she was, like, acting fake because of the cameras. And then he came back to Utah, and then he went, you know, like, the point of the mountain where, like, guys throw up the parachutes, and they, like, kind of, like, hide. They, like, glide on the mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, point of the, point the mountain. Yeah. He was doing that, and, and half of his parachute collapsed, uh, and it, like, spun no. him, like, out of control, and his head went into the hill. Uh, and um And they tried to save him, but it was, like... It was like impossible. Okay. Yeah, I think right. I
1: vaguely remember something about that because I was at Adobe at that time.
0: Right? Oh, really? So, yeah. Yeah. It was a sad day. And, but this trip was super, super fun. Yeah. But we come back from this trip and we show the footage to, we should, we do create like an initial edit of the footage and we show it to, to Airbnb and they're like, yeah, we hate this. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> they, 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 like, it was too raw, you know? So, like, there was, Like, we stayed at, like, a really nice beach house one night. And, you know, it was right on the Sea of Cortez and, like, had, like, an infinity pool. They loved when we stayed at places like that. But one day, you know, one night we stayed at, like, the mayor's house. And he had, like, a guest house that was, like, really run down and crappy. And and we stayed at this place. (laughs) And we thought it was interesting because like, dude, we're staying at the mayor's house. You know, we thought like this was like a noteworthy thing, but they're like, dude, it looks really grungy. Like, it looked like you guys were staying in like a stereotypical Tijuana type like rundown place. And so like, we don't want this footage.
1: It's the mayor, man, come on. Uh, No, it's
0: the mayor, so this is what we did. So we take this footage and we're like, they're like, you can do whatever you want with it. And so we resold it. We resold it to one of their competitors, VRBO. Oh, and uh, and they took it and they made sure that all the places we stayed were also listed on VRBO and and um, and uh, and then yeah so we ended up getting to sell the series twice. <laughs> yeah. So nice That's you
1: awesome. sell it twice. Yeah, so nice you sell <laughs> That's it twice. So good, man. That's incredible, <laughs> awesome, man. That it's it's so business is so crazy, huh? Because it's it's really it's re- it's just so haphazard. Some of the, some of the things that happen, you're yeah. just like, dang, what an opportunity. And so you're just sh- – that, that's just so incredible. That's a great story. So but, you're the
0: CEO of Paramify. Like, at what point do you think, like, unknown emails are going to make it to you and you're going to respond? Or do, have you already stopped that altogether now?
1: No, I, I think – I don't know. It's just promotional emails because I went – you know, I go – you know, when we don't have any – customers, no, no one really knows who we are. You go to like a show, you go talk to people, and at first mm. you're like, hey, let me tell you about Paramify. Yeah. It's amazing. Like we can handle all your compliance documentation and and people, you know, at the sales conferences are always like, Oh, that sounds amazing. You know what? Let me put you in touch with someone. Yeah, and, yeah. They try and you get that, all man. excited and you're like, Oh my gosh. And so I'll go yeah. talk to people. Look at all these people that said they like it. And it's just it's,
0: it's more sales lot, people, right? It's a lot
1: more involved, right? Mm-hmm. Than than that. But it's okay. I think the naivete of everything so now I just get I just get those emails. Yes. Yeah. And so I just have all the filters. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is uh, people will say like, "Hey, Kenny, like, um, I'm so and so from X company. I'm like, you stop by our booth. I'm like, can you seemed interested in our thing? I'm like, actually, the conversation was actually about Paramify. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to them, and then they never call back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna get weird to when AI gets to the point that it's it's becoming such a strong sales force out there that like you're gonna like like you're gonna use AI to like combat like inbound emails and just like filter stuff out. And so it's gonna be interesting to see yeah. like how people get creative about like still getting in contact with people and cold call.
1: Yeah, it is so, you know what I thought was bold of, of Google? Uh, like, so I watch a lot of football. And so I saw this new commercial with Google, you know, with the AI, like, you know, you take a picture and you can make it look so like something, they can totally distort the image. Yeah. To make it look like you're dunking, you know, or you're jumping like crazy high or you threw your kid like 10 feet up in the air. Yeah. And everybody, that was like the main feature, like to just like mess with photos and have fun with it. Yeah. And, um, but to me, that is a little off-putting. Like to me, it's a little off-putting because I like being genuine. I like being real. Yeah. I'm like, you know... Uh, Mr. Hill, who was, like, getting dumped on The Bachelorette because yeah. he wasn't being real. Yeah. And I think people want genuine connection. So that's really interesting. Uh, I, I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about that lately, is that what's real, what's not real. Yeah. People want it to mm. be real. People want real relationships. People want, I don't know.
0: This is this is one area where I feel like over the last couple of years, everyone's gotten really used to, like, just dissing you know, distancing themselves, like, working from home. Mm-hmm. And I had something happen to our house recently, like, that we had to, like, move out. Like, the foundation started, uh-huh. like, having issues. And so we had to move out. It's getting worked on. But while we're away, like, I don't have access to my home office. So mm-hmm. I've been, like, just going into friends' offices or going into Kiln and and just, like, working out of those places. And And it's been, like, amazing to, like, kind of, like, to like zag when everyone's zigging, you know, like everyone's, the trend has been like, so like go work in your own home. Mm-hmm. and But when you start like getting out there and like going to places, like it's like, it's like you, you don't have to worry about like getting caught in someone's spam filter. You know, like you're just talking to them while you're getting the yogurt at the breakfast, at <laughs> the film, you know, you yeah. know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's so much fun. I, I, I love yeah. personal connection. I'm an extrovert. Uh, my co founder was like my, Tyler. He's he's not as like extroverted as I am. So yeah. I didn't realize how much, uh, you know, I'd like drain his energy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just being around him.
1: I get so much energy, obviously, from being with people. I love mm. it. But um, I love. We've got to take Steve in... into a show, dude. Take, oh. him,
0: take him to a concert and then. <laughs> oh, oh, Tyler. <laughs> oh, Tyler. Yeah, yeah. Tyler? Sorry.
1: I don't see Tyler, you know, in a mosh pit. I. I <laughs> I don't know. Oh, maybe. I don't know. That's okay. <laughs> Tyler, love you, man. Uh, great, great guy. Okay, oh, yeah. so there's, we've ta- there's some themes we've talked about. Um, trepidation, fearing change, yeah. right? people, people don't like it. It takes a long time for people to want to buy a new product. It takes a long time to sell people on your idea. Like you, it takes a lot of effort. You have to really provide value to people. And so you've talked in the past, I, I went to one of your, uh, you, you talked, I, I can't remember when, but you talked about the adoption of AI. And so we're coming up about, about a year yeah. since like Ch- ChatGPT became like all the rage, right? And people were started writing songs with ChatGPT, doing essays and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about, can you, can you talk about that? You talk about industrial, industrial yeah, we, revolution, all that stuff. So tell me about that. Again, what, I want to talk about that.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. that little AI event. Like I wanted to like set the stage a little bit so you understood like how long it's taken the human race to kind of do various milestones. And yeah. so like the first one would be like the our uh, agricultural revolution where like, you know, modern farming where like you could feed lots of people with like, you know, a small plot of land. And, um, and that, that farming style took like thousands of years, like millennia to, to like, be, adopted, cover, to be the, adopted, to cover the whole know. earth okay. to the point where like there still might be like hunter gatherers out there, but they're very few. You know, like it's mm-hmm. like the agricultural farming, like this is, this is the way that humans have decided we're going to feed everyone and we need less people to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, that took thousands of years to happen over the surface of the earth. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you had the industrial revolution where like you're building like big cities, you know, even like big, you know, factories, warehouses, like you're, you're starting to optimize. Yeah, electricity. You're starting to optimize some of the ways that you get these food products to everyone. And you can do it in a way where you can condense a lot of people into a small area. and the industrial revolution took a few hundred years to cover the entire earth. Mm-hmm. Then, then we had the information, you know, revolution where like, you know, like we covered the entire earth in data centers, and you are now like able to connect to computers uh, from all over the world to these data centers and like into exchange information. That took a couple decades. So like, you got agricultural taking thousands of years, industrial revolution taking hundreds of years. The Data centers are the information, you know, revolution taking decades. Mm-hmm. And the theory is that, like, the AI revolution will happen in less than a decade. Yeah. So, it will be years, not decades, not mm-hmm. hundreds of years. It's going to be, like, years. Yeah. And so, and I I think it's still on track for that. Um, Like, I feel like the kickoff for, like, the main AI revolution was, like, the release of ChatGPT. And that's when the light bulb yeah. moment Everyone's happened for like, everyone. Oh. Oh. Yeah. And... And so we're like coming up on a year anniversary of that and and it's amazing what's already been done, but it's like like it's kind of like everyone got access to a tool, and now they're like trying to figure out, okay, what problems can we solve with this tool mm-hmm. and And that led me like as soon as I saw chat gpt like i dropped I pretty much yeah, dropped doing... everything I was doing, I was we like another mm-hmm. company yeah, at another was, company, yeah. And and it was like a human expertise company, you know, a subject matter expert yeah. company where you could like kind of do micro consulting, like you know, so get advice cool on something. I
1: loved it. That was great.
0: But it was it was interesting to like release a tool that helped you connect to human experts at a time when like the AI revolution started because it was kind of like, I don't know, like like why why would I pay twenty bucks, even though twenty bucks is a good price to talk to this one person for like fifteen mm. twenty minutes. I when I could just have pay 20 bucks to have access for an entire month to chat, chat GPT four, right. you know? So it was like, like I, I saw it as like a big shift. And, and so I started like thinking about the problems that we could solve with a tool like this. And it took me months of kind of like poking around and, and figuring out what I wanted to do. And, but at, like the, the thing that, I looked into every industry. I looked into, like, talked to lawyers, you know, talking about, like, hey, can we use this to create a mock trial real quickly, create the participants of the mock trial, have, like, really solid arguments that go up against your argument. And, you know, I was looking at it from, like, every different angle, but I found this really unique one that looked like it was, like, it was untapped. And and it looked like like there was a big customer base for a tool like it, mm-hmm. and but I, I noticed the problem. The problem has always been there, but I noticed it. It kind of got heightened with the tech layoffs last year. Mm. So there was like a bunch of layoffs. Yet yeah, some of the big still tech happening. companies it's still happening. Yeah, yeah like Qualtrics just crazy. did eight hundred.
1: There's another one I heard about today. Brutal, yeah.
0: Is it public yet, or you? Is um, I just
1: saw it on. I just saw it on LinkedIn. Oh, okay. I mean, it, it was pretty terrible. If it's if it's true, it stinks. Like, yeah. Besides the point, they just like sixty people on a Zoom call, just yeah. let everybody off. Yeah, right? I know. That's so sad. It's mm-hmm.
0: tough. It's yeah. like um, the the tech world is like really, they're going through a change right now, and mm-hmm. the, I think I know what that change. It's going to look like once we're like through all this. Mm-hmm. But it's led to like this crazy situation where like you post like a software product manager job like in, in, you know, in Utah. Like you'll get like 500 applicants in like 24, 24 hours. Yep. And And so this is where I saw the problem initially. I was like, there's no way a human can actually talk to 500 people without it taking like months. You know, mm-hmm. like it would but... just take forever. And so I was like, they got this like… Like recruiting and, you know, and bringing people in talent acquisition is always going to be about people to people contact. Yeah. But there was like this spot in their process where like you just can't have a human do it or do it well. Um, so I noticed that like recruiters would get 500 applicants and they would cut like 485 of them like Tinder style. They would literally <laughs> just like pull up their LinkedIn profiles, you know, just, just swipe like based off of like their job title, whatever. And wow. um, yeah. and and they would eliminate 485, just based off of like one data point, job title, what their name oh, is, whatever. And and so I was like, I know they're missing out on people, just because they don't have enough time to talk to all of these. And so, anyways, that that led me down the rabbit hole of like building what we're building at Screen Door. Yeah,
1: so cool. So Screen Door AI, right? You yeah, Screen
0: Door. Yeah. Dude, how was that domain available? I felt like that was a good domain, and yeah, like it was solid. Good, yeah. good as soon as ChatGPT came out, like everyone bought, so people went in and bought up all the .dot ai domains. And so, like when I was like figuring out what to name the company, you know, it was like six months after ChatGPT launched, and all the domains were already bought up. But I was like, you know what? Let me just try Screen Door, and it was available. And I was like, done. <laughs> it's like a perfect name. Yeah, it is yeah. a perfect name.
1: I love it. You see, like people were not capable of dealing with all sorts of data totally right Mm -hmm. we we can't we just can't crunch it we don't need to we just need to know like oh man that pizza looks awesome i'm gonna eat it or (laughs) we just or this person's super attractive yeah i'm gonna ask for their number or something like that right yeah you know uh we we don't we don't think like that we're not you know we know if we have like if we're in the star wars universe if we're in the star wars universe we know that we're not going to go up to darth vader and like ask him which one of those buttons calls his mom to pick him up right we, we're we not going to do that because we understand darth vader like you just don't mess with him yeah. i don't know if chat would know that but ai does have the ability to say hey maybe we can put some more controls around that death star exhaust port
0: yeah totally
1: <laughs> right we are able to kind of crunch that hey this is actually Super catastrophic if this happens. And so you need you need that that data to be, you know, crunched by by machines, right? Yeah. Versus yeah, yeah. just, you know, this is what I know I'm going with my gut here. Yeah. And so I see what you're doing there. That's awesome.
0: It's it's crazy, like like even just from the previous generation to like kind of our generation like we don't store data like like the previous generation did. So it's not like we have more data, and we store less of it inside yeah. of ourselves. Like, yeah. like if we don't memorize phone numbers like the previous generation did. They, they don't. We don't memorize a lot of the stuff that we now just like say, oh, I don't, I, I don't internalize, you know, the address for that pizza store. Yep. I yeah, I just like if I want the address to the pizza store, I just go to this tool, and this tool provides yeah. it to me. I go to Google Maps, mm. and it gives me that data. Whereas right there was a lot of stuff committed to memory in the previous generations yeah. mm-hmm. so now we're like trying to figure out like now we we have way more data than you could ever store internally yeah mm-hmm. and and now you needed to figure out ways to use it to kind of make better decisions for
1: it's an interesting point right because education is based off of like rote memorization in the early mm-hmm. years like yeah. so what use is that it's not really useful because you're not going to be as good as a computer at recalling facts like My boy, like we were going to football, this football game the other day, and he was telling me, he's like, "Dad, do you know that the state bird of Utah is the seagull?" And I'm like, "Why is that like important?" I'm like, "Why is that important, right?" I'm just like, "Dude," but he was paying attention. He's really good. He wants to be a good student and everything. Yeah, but I'm just like, man, there's (laughs) why.
0: I was thinking about so what's what's the month and day of your birthday? June 1st. June 1st. June 1st. Okay, what day of the week?
1: Marilyn Monroe was born on that day, too. Really? And Michael J. Fox. No way. Andy Griffith.
0: Yeah. Okay, what? Do you
1: know how to whistle? The, the Andy Griffith?
0: But yeah. if I were to ask you, <laughs> like, what day of the week were you born on?
1: Oh. I never needed to know that. Think about <laughs> how
0: long it would take you to calculate that out by hand. How would you figure it out?
1: I would do it like this.
0: No! <laughs> <laughs> what day of the week
1: was June 1st, 1982? Okay. Oh, I actually unclicked it. What day of the week was June 1st, 1982?
0: It was Tuesday. It was a Tuesday. You were born on a Tuesday. <laughs> that's so You awesome. went your whole life no without wonder. knowing you were born on a Tuesday. I
1: think that's a great day. Tuesday is... That's a solid day. That's a
0: yeah.
1: solid day. We work on Tuesdays. We, <laughs> we do. I love it. Taco Tuesday, dude! It's <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah, Taco <laughs> Tuesday. Like- <laughs> I love tacos. I love tacos. I love pizza too.
0: But it's a weird. I love sushi. It's like the day you were born. Like you theoretically, like you you take one day out of the year to like think about this day every day for the last 40 years or whatever mm. and you don't remember what day of the week it was yeah. like that's like like how limited we are on like the data we're able to actually like hold and like process yeah. like i don't know, it's crazy to think about
1: yeah it's just we it's don't wild. we don't need to and yeah and and i think we also need to understand like the limitations of yeah. just ai only because mm-hmm. we you know we're humans and, uh, you know, this is, you know, the crown of creation, right? It's humans, right? And so it's like we, we're the ones that are making the decisions and uh, we can use AI to help us make decisions, but we don't necessarily always make logical decisions. No. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the logical thing to do is often, you know, I mean, you can do the logical thing to do, but then you're not going to come out with like crazy cool outcomes. <laughs> you have yeah. to do things that are not logical. Almost all the time, right? To to like mm-hmm. to really move things forward. Other everything else is like status quo and like logical, and there's yeah. no growth there. So it's kind of weird. Like if you give it all to AI, are you gonna give? Are you gonna get the the next inventions? Right? I, I don't. I don't think so. No,
0: but that, it's it's really just about it being a tool. I feel like you know, mm-hmm. it's yeah. not like the. I don't think we're any. This is just my opinion, but like mm-hmm. I. I don't really like people that, like, are alarmist about certain, like, doomsday-type events. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I don't like it. You
1: appreciate that you like them, but you don't like that they're being doomsday? Or you just
0: straight up, like, Well, I just... Off? No, no, I just mean, like, <laughs> like, like, I understand. mean, look, what, the first, you know, you know, the first, uh, what was it? The Inconvenient Truth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that mm-hmm. came out, in, like, what, 2005-ish? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was like a documentary. That was like the first like big like, hey, global warming oh, is going to be like really bad, mm-hmm. and within ten years we're going to see full blown yeah, like yeah. polar ice caps melted, and yeah. and that didn't happen.
1: Nope.
0: And but it's not to say that it's not an important issue to try to solve. It's just I'm not like a doomsdayer about it. I'd like mm-hmm. whereas like some of the global warming people like have done it, or even Elon Musk with like AI, like he like. Mm-hmm. I think Elon Musk is like, I love him, but I feel like he's like an alarmist about this topic where it's kind of like, like, like he's acting like, I don't know, like it's going to be the end of the world really, really soon. And I just mm. don't, I don't feel that way entirely. It's, and it's, so, like, to me, like, AI still feels like we're very long ways away from it being like self conscious or self aware, yeah. you know, and doing stuff on its own. It's mainly just like a really powerful tool that will be utilized by people. By humans to do things that were never possible before. Mathematics that were never possible before or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious, where do you see AI going in like the next decade? Oh, dude, like anything anything that can be like automated is going to be yeah. automated. So if mm-hmm. like, if you say the same thing at your job, it's, it's going it's to, just going to happen. Like it's just, mm-hmm. if you're doing the same rote thing every single day, there will be a robot that's trained to do it or there will be uh, An AI that's like got a language model that will do it like virtually, mm-hmm. and and so the world will look a lot different. But like it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that jobs are going to go away. It's just going to be like mm-hmm. this is a new tool that we work with. So like software engineering is one of those places that's going to get disrupted a lot. And yeah. there's a, there's a beta. It's already for, starting. Yeah, it's already We're starting. Talking about right. it. Yeah, yep. there's there's uh, so there's a GitHub which is used for like code repositories and. Yeah they have a beta for Copilot X. And Copilot X basically like has access to like your, you know, your repo, your code repo. And so like you just talk to it like a normal person. Give it, you could give it the requirements from a ticket from a product manager and it will just build it into the code. Yep. And, it's and so it just the same way, just to kind of circle back, like, yeah. like we used to have like a very large portion of the, the, the population farming and now, do you know what percent of the population farms now? Oh, it's tiny. Yeah, it's like 2 3%. Like, it's <laughs> like, so 3% of, like, the population. There are, far- there are farmers. Yeah, they're yeah. still farmers. They're
1: just, yeah, they're just really good at it. Yeah, they're, they're so using...
0: efficient at it. That, yeah. And they use all the technology available for, you know, watering and planting. Like, and so they're able to, like, feed, not, you know, the other 97% of the people. And, and so the same thing will happen with software engineers. Because software engineers have gotten to the point where like we give them all their tasks and these really well written, you know, user stories. And and those user stories now can just be read by an AI that can just build it into the repo. So, and so it's gonna we'll, we'll still have software engineers, yep. but like the ones that are, exist are gonna just be so efficient, they'll actually accomplish more. They'll basically be like the farmers that now feed ninety-seven percent of people.
1: Yeah. I mean it's already happening. Yeah. Everybody wants AI superpowers. That's that's what you want. Yeah, you want to right? you, you, you be kind of like, you know, the wizard that is casting a spell. It's a it, there was that there is that great divergence that is happening. You know, mm. the people who use and leverage AI. Totally. And those who won't. Right. I think ultimately, I, I feel really strong about this, that when you when you handle the things that are like logical, it allows us humans to develop those things that are in odd packages. You know, yeah. excellence usually comes in odd packaging, right? It's, it's, it's usually something that you hadn't thought of before. And when you have more time to not do the, the terrible tasks, right, that are like monotonous, and that's when progress happens. Yeah. that's mm-hmm. So it's, it's super exciting um, anyway. Um, okay man so in The Fellowship who's your favorite character? <laughs> okay.
0: Aragorn Aragorn yeah yeah, yeah that's me a classic answer Is, do you
1: have a runner up?
0: Um, Sam but yeah, uh, exactly solid. Solid. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's
1: like very likely everybody that's interesting yeah. that's who I picked that's what really. I said yeah
0: yeah that's I heard a really interesting idea from someone recently so when they shot the Peter Jackson trilogy they shot do you know how many miles, or <laughs> actually, how many feet of film? Because they shot it on regular film, 35 oh, millimeter film. How many feet of film they filmed the trilogy with? I have no idea. How many feet? Seven million. Whoa, so whoa. seven million feet <laughs> of footage. And, uh, and they, they created it, you know, the, the theatrical versions. Then they did the, extended, the cut. extended cuts. But there is still another 30 hours of scenes like backstory when Aragorn first meets you know his love mm-hmm. like like all sorts of like That's other amazing. character development that they cut and it's all sitting on this this film this 35 35 million film that hasn't been 4k scanned yet and it's in like some sort of warehouse protected warehouse in like Arizona or something like that <laughs> and so someone is starting a petition like dude let's take this out and and We'll get it all scanned in, and then with this additional footage, you would make the trilogy into basically like a 10-episode miniseries, you know, where everyone's oh, like cool. an hour, hour and a half long. And so, like, you would you would create, like, a new format of telling the story, but you would include all this new footage, dude. Oh,
1: That'd
0: be so cool. It seems
1: like a lot of work to kind of get through that. But <laughs> I mean, it like, <laughs> It's like a guaranteed home run. like already oh, tailored. Yeah. Here's the best stuff, right? Like, you know... I don't know, man. I ah, there's just so much I can't dedicate myself to anything except Star Wars. <laughs> Understandable. Star Wars. <laughs> I just don't have the. I just don't have the resources. I can't. I can't. I mean, I watched all of Ahsoka.
0: Was it good? Oh, oh
1: actually, I like. I like lo- like the Marvel series. I like Loki. Have you? Are you watching that? No. It's Maybe. awesome. Really? I think it's cool. <laughs> really? I don't know. I know that I have like just my taste. I mean, I'm the one who like, I don't really love chocolate. So I'm already... That's true. You know, I don't love it. I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> so I have an opinion that's usually not the same as everybody else's. I also love pickles. I love pickles. Dills? Of, pickles yeah, are good. I love pickles, are good. pickles like yeah. so much. Do you ever pickle
0: your own stuff? Things? Yeah. Really? Oh, really?
1: Yeah. Like, like I make pickles. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've done it. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool process. That's awesome. Process. Yeah. Okay, man. Uh, well, so what? What books? So you you mentioned a couple books when we were talking before the show. What mm-hmm. What book are you reading right now? Why do you like it? what's it important?
0: So one of the books I read this summer was called "Talking with Strangers" mm-hmm. by Malcolm Gladwell. The same guy who wrote "Blink" mm-hmm. and Great. Uh, "Tipping Point." And like I, the reason I picked it up is because. Like I'm working on this screen door project, which is like introducing an AI that's going to interact with like potential candidates for a job, and and I wanted to like understand like where are humans vulnerable to weakness mm-hmm. when quickly assessing like whether or not someone's going to be a good fit for the company or add value to the company or be a risk or yep. you know liability to the company, yep. Yep. and and this book just like really articulated it amazing way and even showed some of the studies that were, like, involved in, like, understanding, like, why humans are so bad at quickly sizing up someone. Yep. And at the root of it is that they, one of the reasons is, is they oversimplify the person that they're, they're judging. Mm. And, and they can show this in, like, studies. So, like, mm-hmm. one of the studies, they bring someone in. Uh, they bring in a bunch of participants. And the participants sit down, and they're shown, like, these partially completed words. So it will say, like, B-L-blank-blank. And you're supposed to, like, take the first word that comes to your mind, which in this case is... crunk. Well, B-L-blank. <laughs> 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 That's all right. You just told me. <laughs> sorry, sorry. So four-letter four word that starts with B L. B-L-blue. Blue, yeah.
1: Sorry, Thank I, I wasn't paying attention. No, 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 it's okay. <laughs> you know, you said what's the first
0: word you're thinking so, of. Okay, so blue. Yeah. Blue is the first word that comes to your mind. So they would, like, they would do this for a few different words. And then they would ask the person, they ask the participant, like, okay, what do you think these words tell us about the person that you are? Mm. And, like, almost universally, all of them are like, this doesn't say anything. This is just random. Like, it doesn't tell you anything about me. Mm. But then they would show them the participants, other participants' words. So someone else's words that they came up with. And they would say, do you think this tells us anything about that? And they would be like, oh, yeah, this person's (laughs) like, yeah, this person's, you know, like, judgmental. Or this person is whatever. Mm -hmm. So, like. The, the the idea was, is, like, everyone felt like they were a hard-to-understand creature, mm-hmm. but everyone else was, like, super simple, could be sized up immediately based off of some <laughs> random words that came up in their mind, you know? And so, like, that's at the – one of the roots of the problem is that, like, we Hasty just –
1: generalizations.
0: Yeah. We, like, we just, like – we quickly size up people by just oversimplifying them and – um and it turns out people are a lot more complex than that. And so, like yeah. the AI, like actually has the time to unravel all that complexity, whereas the humans just they can't. Like so, this is why I don't know. That's why we're building the tools. It kind of gives people like more information about the people they're bringing it into the company.
1: Could be highly successful in this role. Could be highly successful doing this kind of thing. Yeah, it yeah. makes it makes a ton of sense. Oh yeah, hey, kind of your your sidekick. We talked about it. Like AI provides you a C3PO. Yeah. Right. That can kind of help you. I think when people get a little worried is when you have an AI that's making decisions like for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, in security, it would be like, okay, let's start shutting everything off. You yeah. Know, that would. That could be a big problem. Or, making a bunch of, incorrect configurations. And so you do need to that point you still need the 2 to 3% or even hopefully more right that are still making uh, decisions and helping kind of shepherd
0: Yeah. Yeah, so there's the always
1: solutions, right?
0: One thing that comes to mind is like, you know, remember a few years back there was like some trading that was happening like al- algorithmically. So like just like automated trading. It's been
1: happening a long time. It's been happening yeah. a long time, but
0: there was like a crash that started. Because the algorithm, like, just like started doing a rapid sell off, mm-hmm. and it crashed the market, mm-hmm. and and everyone was kind of mad because all these people ended up getting their money back, even though their computer systems and their bots were the ones doing the trading and breaking mm-hmm. the system. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, like the the bot was allowed to make a decision, and it was an incorrect decision, and that led another bot to make another incorrect, incorrect decision, until yeah. so, like it could really get out of hand quickly mm-hmm. in yeah. a situation like where like two bots are trading against each other mm-hmm. um, but where do you guys see it kind of like I don't know where do you guys see it like where I'd do think you think the you, risks are happening now
1: so I like mm-hmm. it for forecasting for issues and helping um, assess risk like flag at, risk and stuff mm-hmm. like yeah I think putting context around you know is this you know are these things exploitable what you know, it's really, really hard, like humans are really bad at measuring. We make really bad judgments on what the future looks like because we just don't know, because we're in a world with other humans, right, which are very complex. We're very complex yeah. creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, we like different things, and so um, it is it's just really helpful to have these kind of superpowers at our side, right to oh, yeah. to help aid and make better decisions, right so. We'll see. We'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. I'm optimistic
1: for the future, too. And a lot of that is probably naivete, and that's okay. (laughs) I mean, you have to be a little naive, otherwise it's not fun. If you know everything already,
0: then like... Yeah, where's the fun in that?
1: Where's the fun in that? And so, in fact, you know, to be an entrepreneur, you have to... I mean, that is one of your superpowers, too, is naivete. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, But we have a pretty good feeling about this, and so... yeah good decisions come based off of good information. AI kind of helps us decorate, you know, the information that we have, yeah. generalize a little. Because ultimately, what do we want? We want to make a general, we want a generalization. Because if we don't generalize, like, how can we make any decision?
0: No, You, okay, need, you
1: need frameworks to make yourself agile. Mm-hmm. AI helps you put together custom frameworks and when you have frameworks, you can make good decisions. Mustard yeah. or ketchup. <laughs>
0: gotcha. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You, you already know because you've built that framework over the years, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. when it, it's just, you're just introducing more complexity, AI can help you make that decision a little bit easier. Ultimately, you mm-hmm. need to generalize something. Yeah. I mean, that's just how humans are. That's how I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So at a certain point, you just have to kind of call it. And just be like, okay, good enough. Let's this, go. This is the, this is much information as we, yeah, yeah, man. I had a teacher that used to say, "Paralysis by analysis." Like you uh, would yeah, just yeah. say that all the time, <laughs> and people that just get stuck. And so, like as an entrepreneur, though, like this doesn't, it's not possible. Like you, you kind of like are on a, you're on a journey. You're on a hike, and you just you don't have time to like stop at every little thing. You at a certain point, you just got to keep going. Yeah. Mm.
1: Well, you're in kind of a new area because you're going to be you are breaking into something that is going to be new, right? Yeah, probably absolutely. other people are going to be trying to solve it. You'll yeah, have for competitors sure. hopefully. You know, hopefully you have competitors, right? And uh, I I really like this quote I read recently. Yeah. It's difficult to get a person to understand something when their salary depends on them not understanding <laughs> it. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that you face cuz you're trying to sell this to people that they're like, wow, I actually don't need to do that task anymore. I can uh, use this tool. Yeah. How how are you gonna get past that, do you think, with Screen Door? We're still trying to figure out yeah. how to do this because we make things so much more efficient.
0: Yeah, what? so it requires less people to do the same job. Yeah. Right. Yeah, recruiting recruiting's definitely getting like that. Um but recruiters aren't gonna go away. They're just gonna become more efficient. They're gonna be able to do more job openings simultaneously. They'll be able to do stuff in different countries all over the world without language barrier issues. Like, they'll be able to do stuff that they weren't able to do before. And, um, and so, like, it's not like those jobs go away. Um, but it does mean that, like, there could be um, – so let me give you some background on to, like, recruiting. So, like, recruiters roughly spend a third of their time kind of, like, sourcing candidates, a third of their time kind of, like – uh, like vetting and kind of like interviewing, doing the initial screeners on on visit on candidates, yeah. and a third of their time doing other administrative stuff or negotiating contracts and stuff. Yeah, and so Screen Door eliminates kind of that one third bucket where they're doing the initial screeners. Got you. Um, but it's a re- that's a really repetitive part of their job, and it does it. So that means that they have two thirds of their time you know or you know they can commit more time to sourcing candidates yeah. or they can commit time to doing something else or the 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 company that adopts a tool like this can like they can shed a third of their staff but uh, like but that's scary to think about but it's yeah. like that's what is going to happen like it's just like the the candidate quality are, are going to get better because ai is used mm-hmm. and they'll be able to do it faster and they'll it will allow the good recruiters to spend more time figuring out more creative ways to source good candidates, like get more of them in the pipeline in the first place, yeah. which is kind of what they like to do now. I mean, like they like to like spend more time doing the less repetitive stuff. And so I think anytime like you're you're doing something that's like, like, so one of the things that annoys recruiters also is like, they have to like be the middleman for like the candidate, the hiring manager, mm. and they'll, they'll oftentimes like have to like, Email updates because, like, the hiring manager will ping them, like, hey, yeah. what's the deal with this candidate? Or what's the deal with this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they hate it. And so well, we built this bot that, like, basically just talks to the hiring manager for them. So, like, mm-hmm. hey, like, instead of pinging the recruiter with just stupid questions, like, just ask this GP, chat GPT-like bot. And it knows how many people have been screened. It knows every single conversation that's ever took place. Mm-hmm. It knows every transcript. You know, like, And you can ask it all in real time and get an immediate answer. Seems and, yeah, Seems and so the recruiter's that. like, hey, I don't have this person bug me anymore. So, like, it gives me more time to source more candidates or get more jobs or look into exploring different offices in different countries that, like, we've kind of wanted to do, but now we, like, really think we should do. Like, and we're starting to see that all over the place. Like, like with Cultrix, you know, they got a new office in Mexico City and, like, 100 engineering person team, and, uh, and the engineers there are about one-third the cost of like what a US-based engineer is. So you get three engineers in Mexico City for the price of one here. And so that's a trend that's gonna potentially continue, which means that recruiters are gonna have to get really good with international talent acquisition. Mm. And and an AI tool like this is gonna be so beneficial to them. So the ones that are like-
1: You have to use it if you wanna do that.
0: Yeah. I mean, right? You
1: have to use it otherwise, other someone else is gonna pick up the wand, right? Yeah. And start casting the spells. I, I mean,
0: imagine if I told you like, hey, Premify needs to open up. You know, um, the, you need to go to Nepal and you need to start a fifty. I love per- yeah, I love you got to start people. a fifty-person team, um, yeah. and that does to this. My friend Swy. You already have connections there. All right, that's <laughs> All cheating. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like you know, it would feel a little overwhelming. Um, mm-hmm. And and this allows you to kind of like, um, you know, just navigate those types of like obstacles in a much different way. Um, imagine being able to talk to like 3,000 Nepal people, software engineers, without ever actually talking to them. And be able to get everything you need to know about like who are the cream of the crop in this area.
1: Where, Yeah, so where are the limitations though too? It's like, I mean, I don't know, we can probably talk about this forever because I just love it, right? But AI is not, like there's still issues with accuracy. Yeah. And I feel mm-hmm. like a lot, yeah, I mean, and sometimes it's just really bad. And yeah. a lot of times it's really bad. Yeah, but it gets you 70% of the way there, yeah. 60% mm-hmm. of the way, or sometimes it's even better. But um, I think that's why you need to have the human element. So in the d- problem you described, like, where does it go wrong, right? Where, where does AI go wrong, like, on a problem this big?
0: Yeah, so there's, like, a famous story that kind of went viral a few months ago. Where this Asian woman like has like a professional, well, she has like a headshot, and mm-hmm. she like uploads it into an AI tool, and she tells the AI like just make this headshot more professional looking, mm-hmm. and it turns her into a white woman that's basically got like a Hillary Clinton like you know pantsuit on, <laughs> you know like and so it was like really weird because like yep. and the AI just felt like oh professional women look like Hillary Clinton or whatever and and so it like it changed her race and so like that was like something that was like kind of alarming to people but one of the reasons why um i had a i kind of had a moment where i was like do we have to pause for a second okay (laughs) um i kind of had this moment where i was i was worried about that too i was like like how do i prove to these future customers that like the ai is unbiased yeah, and and then I was talking to one of the future customers, and they're like, I don't, "I don't care if the AI is biased." He's like, "I just need to know it's less biased than the humans, and the humans are really biased." Mm-hmm. And and so when you look at the human behavior that's going on right now, a human looks at like a resume, they see like a unique name, they make a decision about who this person is. Yeah, or they see that this person graduated college in '85. They make a decision about who this person is, and these people are not given the same chances they're like whether yeah, or not they try yeah. to like stop it themselves, they like can. this information that has gone to your head has now created an image of like what this candidate is and whether or not they're a good fit. so they're like disqualifying people based off of like discriminatory stuff all the time, yeah with the AI. We don't have to tell the AI what the person's name is. We don't have to tell them where they went to college. They don't, we don't have to tell them what year they graduated. We don't have to tell them, like, any of the things that we don't care about. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so, like, it's, like, kind of refreshing for candidates because it's kind of like they know they're getting ranked based off of, like, pure qualification and cultural fit and nothing else. And they're not being thrown away just because they have a funny name. I talked to someone when Sid from Album VC, one of the women that worked for him, um, her last name is Flores. Yeah, and she's awesome. Yeah, yeah she's super fun. cool. And she said that like her husband was applying to a bunch of different places and getting no responses, and he changed his last name, uh, he switched switched his last name to just like a like a kind of like Smith, you know, type last name or Schmidt. Or Smith. yeah, it was Smith. <laughs> the German version. Yeah, the German version of Smith. And he got like all these responses. And I don't know how much of that was like, like she actually looked into the numbers, but like, but it, there's probably some truth to it. Um, yeah. And, and so. It's
1: just how humans are, man. The first person, what did I see? Like, you know, we're, we just, we we discriminate. Right, The first person, if everybody's the exact same, the first person to grow a mustache is going to be ostracized, right? Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's just, and so that is cool because you have AI to kind of help help make that decision. But ultimately, one of the things that you can do is you build a real relationship with people and it cuts through all of that. Yeah. So you want that opportunity to create that relationship. Totally. You want Mm -hmm. that ability to do it. Man, this was awesome. Um, thanks so much, man. Thanks for having so me. So, Aragorn. Yeah. I can tell, Aragorn. Yeah. yeah. That, we got that. Let's write it down. It's really important. Thanks so much, Neil, uh, Neil, for coming on. Yeah. I love it.
0: you have got, to have Neil Armstrong on. and
1: uh, Yeah, Neil Armstrong. Yeah. 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 Yep. Let's we'll have Neil. you on, buddy.
0: I feel like We're when talking. you promote that, people are going to be like, dude, the Paramify podcast got Neil Armstrong. Because Neil Armstrong yes. is still alive, right? Like, or is he dead? Uh,
1: well, it, I yeah so like well i don't know him but i know neil who's related to him yeah and he's a yeah, great guy yeah. what's up neil I, i'll i just tell neil to listen to the podcast and put a like on instagram or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. all right guys oh, man. thanks so much for awesome. listening thank you Neil. we'll see you